0: August 17, 2020, it's a watch for Pedro show.
1: adventures We continue our travel from Paris, Cannes, Nice, curious to see Toulon.
0: Show happy Monday. Uh, brother Matt, in uh, love Grotto a couple miles south, Pleasure Point. Uh, still quitting quarantino moon. I have not seen him, well, I've seen some pictures of him, but I miss him terribly. I've talked on the phone. I am not totally man alone though, because of those uh engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got with me uh, Will Hamilton. Welcome, aboard, will.
1: Hey, Mike, thanks for having me.
0: Now you're all loud. I've, it happens every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because people before the show, I always have the guests do some uh, levels, you know. But it's like sound checking gigs, right? Play off a little until the gig comes and kick it out.
1: And you're in Union Hill, Georgia. I am in Canton, Georgia.
0: Now Canton. Okay. Last time I, I stayed with you was that Canton? That was that was
1: Canton. Yes, sir. Okay,
0: then why am I thinking of Union Hill? Is it close? Well, there's a Union
1: Hill Road right down the street. That's what it was. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. So because you leave the city and it gets dark out here really, really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was like middle of the fucking night, I think. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you fussed at me. You fussed yeah. at me that day. You said it's longer
0: than an hour. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If you get there safe, it's victory. <laughs> so yes, I sir. was ridiculous to cuss at you for that. And, 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 and also, in a way, it's kind of the road... People, if you're coming out of Atlanta, like, uh, I don't know, Marietta, Smearnut, you know. In fact, that, that Les Paul signature I got from Smear. So, in a oh, way, okay. it, it's kind of good to be outside of town, especially for the traffic and the next day. And so, so, so you just got us a leg up the next drive. Uh, yeah, it's quiet for, out here.
1: It gets yeah. kind of boring, but it's definitely quiet for sure. I guess that's a good thing sometimes.
0: Yeah, for a cockpit, it's a great thing. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: sir. Okay. The boat's safe, right?
0: Yeah, but enough about Watt and his torrent. Let's. Uh, Talk about Will Hamilton and his journey through music. Will, what's your
1: uh, earliest musical recollection? So I always had music in the house growing up, in my parents' house. But I think that the first thing that I really, really noticed about music and somebody being into it is I lived with my grandparents for about a year. My dad went back to school for the Navy. And I remember my grandpa, and I have his records now, would listen to jazz music. And he would put on his records, and he would go almost in like a trance. And he was a drummer, so you could just see his fingers moving, tat 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 ta, 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 his, his toes tapping. And right then, I was like, man, you know, I want to be into something like this, you know. And and he loved it. So I think that, that that's probably my first memory. How old were of, you, Will? Sir. How old were you? Uh, probably about seven. And where was this? Is this New Orleans? This was in, Spring- this was in Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, okay. Springfield. So uh, West, West Mass. Yeah. Kind of J. Mascus territory. Right. <laughs> He's in Amherst, right? And, uh, okay, okay. Y- people, you got to realize, military, Navy, you can live all over the place.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been everywhere, it seems. <laughs> so, but your, your, your grandpa's a drummer, man. So yeah, he was he was a drummer man. I don't know if he really did anything professionally, but you know he always had his drum set set up. I own it now, um, and it's it's kind of fallen apart. And I've tried to hold on to it as long as I could, but uh, if I can't you know repair or fix it, it's going to end up being a lamp or something. It's something I'm not going to get rid of, you know. Sure. But uh, yeah, he always had his drums, his instruments. I just got one of his um, congas. Uh, my dad gave me just a few months ago and uh, he really really he was the first person that I know that was just into it like i said that trance yeah and and it was just in his eyes it was in his body it was in his soul right right so that's that's what i remember
0: now now you said the drum set was set up so did you jump
1: on it i don't remember ever really jumping on it i don't know if i was allowed to <laughs> you know i don't know but i never really i never really jumped on it okay well, uh, well what about school did you do a marching band or choir shit like that? So yeah, I did uh, band. So I used to play saxophone a little bit. I, I started in fifth grade until about know, ninth or tenth grade. Did the concert, did some jazz band stuff, did uh, you know the marching band, all that stuff. And for being, I'm from New Orleans, so you got the Mardi Gras parades and all that, sure. all that stuff that we did. Sure, sure. Uh, so th- you learned to read then? I can read. Yeah, well, yeah. I've learned to read from on that level, you know, junior high school and early high school level. Sure, but, sure. Yeah, I can still read a little bit. I I don't have the practice, but I can still read a little bit. Okay, I, I uh, man, I should tell people when we first heard music wise,
0: we heard a, a training in from John Coltrane, and then uh, yeah, from Europe, you made a big piece. Yeah. And uh, this was the first part debut theme for a travel journal named Too Long. Yes, sir. And and then your name, right? Iriamu? Iriamu. Yeah. Now, we'll get into that a little later, but okay. I, I wanted to play all the stuff because there's five parts, people, and it's a beautiful uh, suite. Thank uh, you. But, but what I wanted to uh, ask you was, first record you bought with your own money.
1: Uh, so I'm listening to your show, and I've been always scared. Since I knew where I was going to do this show, the, the answer to answer this question. But the first record I bought with my own money was that Culture Club record, you know, Boy George. Sure, sure. So I, I that was the first record that I bought. And I guess it was probably like you know, nineteen eighty two, something, you know, whatever whenever that came out. Did, the uh, early eighties. And I guess I just bought what MTV told me to buy. But hey, those those songs were good for a twelve year old kid, eleven year old kid, whatever, you know?
0: You know, you know, he dressed up kinda of trippy and all that and but I heard before he was a singer, he was a boxer. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I know. Isn't that a trip? Well, I, you know what? I know. I've I've learned the hard way in my life. You don't mess with anybody <laughs> by a book by his cover. That's right. You end up getting yourself embarrassed somehow. I mean, you right? might
0: you might end up tumbling for him. <laughs> <end up> tumbling. <laughs> now, 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 what was the first gig you went and saw, Will?
1: So the first gig I went to go see was Prince. That Purple Rain oh. Tours in the Superdome in New Orleans Sure. and I was uh, in junior high I went with my parents and my sister who's younger than, than myself and it, it was it was a good one I wish I could have seen it a little bit later in life to you know respect it you know but we were way up in the nose please, could barely see but it was a production um, and luckily I was able to see him a couple times uh, uh, later in life though also but yeah he was a great performer and the oh, Purple Rain, so it's the revolution, yes, sir. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that was quite a band he had.
1: That is a great, right? Uh, he had those, a great, those g- records he put out with the revolution, all the way up, uh, Simon the Times was great, even Parade, all those, all those mid 80s. Well, well, some of them,
0: some of them he played
1: everything, but uh, as far as
0: playing gigs, he had mm-hmm. uh. Uh, the, the ladies, Sheila E and,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Wendy and Lisa, Wendy and,
0: Lisa and, uh, I actually ended up with a lady from Pedro named Patty Katera. And her name was, uh, oh man, what's it? her name? Her show business name wasn't that. She's oh, the Apollonia? Apollonia. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking stupid. what? Yeah. She gets See, on, the the on the motorcycle. The first motor-
1: time she crashed with me, I had that cat and I named him Apollonia. And then I found out he was a boy when he was licking himself. I'm like, well, his name's Lannigan now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Richard fucking Bonnie went to high school with her. She's a couple years younger than me. Uh, Look, look, I want to play the next part of your suite here, the fisherman's. uh,
1: took us to the sea. He showed us his town. He and his family shared their day with so long that the rocks showing us the sea.
2: of vacation, what is hot,
3: this I I wish you could change that station. When I look at you, I almost lose my composure. When I look at
2: a double exposure Get bored with your, your complication I find it hard to make differentiation
3: With funny competition Man, I just can't make transgressions I look at you I almost lose my composure When I look at you I get a double exposure
4: Going, going, going
2: Is it imitation
3: I lose my rhythm it's no that
0: And Connie was a wreck. Fuzzy stood out late and Annie isn't back. The monkey fell in love and Noni just came back. Theo
3: and Louise they stepped it in the sack. These are the ones who would not crack. These are the ones who
0: would not crack. The Connie came early and Jimmy was a wreck. And Annie stood
3: out late and Fuzzy isn't back. The Noni fell in love and Monkey just came back. Louise and Theo, they hung me on a hook, but they were never, never crack. These are the ones who would not crack!
0: For Peter show. Yeah, that's the second part. Uh Fisherman's son. Iramu. Otherwise known as Will Hamilton, All
1: right? Uh,
0: his alter ego. And uh then we had Tobacco. Mr. Time's got a brand new record out. Motherfucker 64 is the tune. A few after that. She's got a new album out. Few signed out of Osaka, but uh I think she lives Tokyo now. But this is from uh back in late 70s. Which, uh, she made an album with the people from Cannes and stuff like this. And uh, something called Circuit. Uh, Betty LeVette. I just got this from the Verve people. Drinking again. She made a, just made a record. and Yeah. Uh, incredible. Uh, you know, music is, is quite a living force, man. It's a special thing us humans can share. We've got enough fucking open-mindedness. Latitude that way. Double Exposure, which is a tune from television uh, while they still had Dick Hell in, uh, back in 1974. I think this was a, actually a demo for Brian Eno and uh, Richard Williams. Uh, 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 Sonia DeMarinayo after that with Sailor Blues from uh, Contest of Gunna. I'm just finishing up the art for uh, Terza, the third album. So that'll be coming The Hawk after that out of Iowa. Would not crack if you know Iowa, Iowa City, huh? The hot guys. I think Ron Emery um, from uh, TSOL is living there now. And the third part, um, rising to the morning market. You're, uh,
1: I'm, uh, what's the name of the whole piece? Uh, the whole piece is called uh, "Too Long," uh, a uh, travel journal.
0: A travel journal, like like in the first part, the debut. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So let's let's get back to like, what about after school, uh, when you got
1: like the garage band, the basement band, the cellar band. Yeah. So I actually started kind of late. That's okay. So I went to uh, you know the college and and I and I saw all these guys up on stage and they're playing because it, it was probably. You know, 1991, I went to college college in 90, but, you know, 1991, and then, like, Nirvana breaks, and then the guys on stage kind of, you know, look like you or just look like normal dudes, right? Because I wasn't really into punk. I had to go back.
0: Well, I usually don't get
1: called normal. Sir? I usually don't get called normal. But you mean I don't look like somebody would be on stage. (laughs) Yeah, so I'd go back in time, so I didn't know about punk. I'm still from, you know, I'm from Slidell. It's a small small town, and, you know, there's small groups that are in that, so... You know, when, you know, the hair bands were gone and, and all that and you saw, you know, guys that that were just normal Joes, I guess, you know, the flannel wearing guys. Right. And then uh, I would go to, you know, club shows when I was in school and, you know, met a lot of those people. And uh, one of my roommates it was a uh, songwriter and um, he says, hey, let's start a band and i said all right let's start a band uh, i don't want to play anything i said i'll play bass you know I'll sax play you know sax no sax I, well sax have been gone for a few years oh I okay, played okay. In a few years at this point okay okay so i said i play bass and then my because my my uh one of my good friends was a bass player and he had a bass to sell so i bought his bass and he says well i'll play drums i got a drum set over at you know so-and-so's house so he grabs drums and there's another guy with us he goes, i want to play in the band I'll play bass too. So this band's name is Frog Dog. Oh. and we we started off with two bass players, a drummer and a guitar player. And I couldn't play like I didn't know how to play anything. And we got together and wrote like two songs the first time we got together. And really almost to this day, the only thing I know how to play on bass are songs that I've been a part of. so like Frog Dog songs or Erioma songs or Lean, you know, other bands that I've, I've been in. So we, we did it the old school way, sat in a garage in Louisiana heat in the summertime and pulled a set together and uh, played a few months later. Yeah, what was and that first gig like, Will? So the first gig we opened up, so we we're lucky enough to have connections in the small town and, and uh, we asked one of the club owners to come you know, to our practice and he came and said, hey, you think we're ready? Put us up. He's like, yeah, you know, you guys can open up for my band. So it was a reunion show for the club owners' band. So there were a, a good number of people there. And we uh, opened up for them and it, it went pretty well. And it, you know, so for our first show. You know, and one of the reasons I think why I still try to play now, and I don't know if it's egotistical or not or what it is, but you play a song that you guys have, you know, written and sweated out and played a hundred times in the garage and then someone claps afterwards. That's that. That's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. and we're like, wait a minute, people are clapping to this crap, you know. But ever since then, and we had and we had a lot of friends too in a small town. So people supported us, and people came out. and We got better and better, and that lasted about two years. And then we kind of uh, separated, not for a bad reason, but just uh, uh, you know, we were in the middle of growing up, you know, because like I said, I was about twenty-one, twenty-two at the time, and it was like, okay, what am I gonna do? You know with the rest of my life type of thing so we kind of just split up but um i don't know if you want to go here but you know 20 years later uh katrina happens the storm in new orleans and you know we'd all kind of gotten separated uh i, I wasn't there a couple of my friends were there and then we got together one weekend and said uh let's do this you know let's play a show let's do some recording you know let's let's get together we're friends you know and, and we did, and, and that ended up turning into some reunion shows we play every couple of years. And uh, we ended up recording uh, old songs, but we wanted to document them because we, we just never documented them. Um, and we wanted to, you know, just kind of leave something behind, if not for, you know, just for us, really, you know? So.
0: Sure, sure. You know, you talk to New Orleans. Were you, you know, there's a school there, right? A Catholic school called Tulane. Yes. They had a great radio station. Oh, yeah. 915 K- I think. K-T-U-L. And they had okay. a show on there called The Toolbox. Mm-hmm. And the Minuteman was on there. In fact, Minuteman once played on the campus. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, it turned into kind of a almost a war because D-Boom was getting out these stickers and these guys did not agree. Well, they weren't really stick. They were stickers, but you had to lick them. They were like big postage stamps. okay. <laughs> you know, the size of bumper stickers, but no... Adhesive, like, except for, like, you, you gotta lick them, you know? Right,
1: I mean, that's right. That's a big
0: fucking stamp. Anyway, you know, I was just like, if you don't like him you know, uh, maybe not get one. Yeah, <laughs> just don't take one if
1: you don't <laughs> yeah, want one, right? I know. Come like Boone, on Facebook, just De, keep on scrolling if you
0: don't De like one. D-Boone didn't, uh, was it forcing them or foisting them on anybody? He says, after the gig, gave you want, because uh, I'm, I'm into this kind of message, and. uh but right. but still, it was it, uh, and and also that the toolbox, they would have. A, I think it was Monday nights, something with the. Uh, with with the statue of Professor Longhair at the Hatch.
1: All um, right, uh, uh, Tipatinas.
0: Tipatinas, yeah. So they would like do live broadcasts from there. Oh uh, yeah, of your is
1: a great place. They're having they're having troubles right now, along with a lot of other. Oh yeah, clubs.
0: yeah of course, of course, it's very heavy in it, very heavy. But uh, God, the history there, you know, Meter Wise and all kinds of great ass people, great bass man mm-hmm. George Porter. Uh, I mean, what a music town!
2: Yes,
0: you know, when you were younger, were you aware of? Speak thinking of your grandpa, and shit, Congo Square.
1: I did not know about Congo Square until later in life. I was probably almost—I mean, I knew it was there, and I kind of, you know, knew the significance behind Congo Square. Uh, but it was—I was thirty-something was probably before I really respected the fact that you can trace. I, when I tell people now, when I bring them to the Orleans. I say, "Hey, we need to go by Congo Square," and I tell them that you can trace almost all of at least American popular music, and that, you know whatever you call popular music. Um, back to this spot. You know, the blues turns into uh, jazz. I mean, yeah, sorry, jazz turns into the blues. Blues turns into rock and roll. Rock and roll spreads all over the place between punk and garage band and all these different things. And you can trace all that back to how many square feet is it? I know, know, I know. 200 square feet, maybe, you know? and then there's a marker there to commemorate that. So you could trace everything back to that one spot where the slaves had Sundays off and they would uh, come out with their drums and stuff and you know they'd play African rhythms. And then you might have a couple of folks that had horns because they were playing in the slave master's house and they had to learn classical European music. So you mix somebody playing either classical European music or just blowing through a horn with those drums and then they created a whole new thing. You know, and you can trace all that back to one spot in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I've had on the show a couple of times, Louis Michaud, who does Cajun and Zydeco stuff, and he was talking about the connect. I mean, it, it's really vital. And I think mm-hmm. more people in the U.S. should know about this.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, I, mean, I think it should be on every pamphlet, you know. They, they do a lot of the music tours, and, and I don't know if they are. I've been taking a guided tour in New Orleans in a long, you know, probably since I was a kid, you know. But, I mean, definitely, if I bring somebody new there, um, and it's, you know, off-season, it's not hard to get around, i definitely say, hey, you need to stop through here. Let's walk through here. You know, yeah. you're listening to whatever you're listening to, and you can trace that back. And I can give you a tree all the way back to Congo Square.
0: Yeah, and I'm like you. I was a little later. It wasn't until I was, uh, you know, doing Minutemen tours and playing at Jimmy's on St. Charles. But, hey, go into town. There's a place, what, where it all yeah. came together. Yeah? Yes, yes sir. Why did why, we talk about this on American Bandstand?
1: They should have. <laughs> they should have.
0: Well, too, it's never too late, right? We,
1: never you know, too
0: late. I, like you said, you got started later in music. You know, Vincent painted only his last 10 years. Joe Biza started guitar at 27. Wow. You know what I mean? I don't think it's ever too late.
1: Yeah, and I put on mm-hmm. my first solo release at
0: 47. Yeah. You know? See? Mm-hmm. So... uh Cause you know, music's part of life. It's not just if you won the lottery to be child prodigy. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> this is true. It's, and, I, and for me, I had to be ready. I wasn't ready. You know, I was trying to. I wasn't being honest with myself, and I was trying to write by myself. Yeah. So I could. I can write bass lines all day long, and then you know, bring them to the band, and they work stuff around them. You know. Sure. But it really took me a long time to try to um write this record it, it took 10 12 years part of it was i wasn't ready and part of it was i was trying to write that midlife crisis record <laughs> and then i woke up one day and i was like wait a minute i'm not really in crisis you know one <laughs> of our good friends in Toulon was like you all you know when you write you have to be honest with yourself you can't write bullshit you can't write something that is Abs-
0: absolutely absolutely correct will but i kind of uh we're gonna get into that, but we ran out of time. We're at the end of the first hour. August 17, 2020. This Watt Pedro Show special guest, Will Hamilton. Hold tight for our two. August 17, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
1: together is almost over. First bottle of wine, to solve the world's problems. Second bottle of rosé, there were proposals to prevent world wars. Third bottle, we debated guns versus lightsabers.
5: Brings eternal, ah, but I ain't got that long, and I'm getting tired, so tired of singing this sad. I hope, I hope, I hope against hope, but oh yes, I hope, 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 hope for their hope. Oh, darling, please, treat right.
0: from Our show, we started the second hour off with uh, the fourth installment of the theme for the travel journal named Toulon. is a big Navy town for France and the Mediterranean people, South France. If you need a that geographic... whole base is down there. Yeah, if you would need uh, some kind of reference. And so uh, the fourth part here, dinner with Creoles, sunset. And then we had Sam Bennett. He's lived in Tokyo a long time now, uh, but he's from Birmingham. Sun Town, Baby? I hope so. Uh, The Dicks after that. Yeah, Gary Floyd. Incredible singer, man. Up in the city, but originally Austin. Well, I think originally he was Arkansas. Little Rock. And uh, dead in a hotel room. Motel room. Big difference. Uh, Kyle Porto arose after that. Uh, From former Yugoslavia. Bon Cor. Smajil. From Nemi... Pesnik, the Slovenian part of the former Yugo. Uh, Atspiani, it's probably episode 11, (laughs) from the uh, Malovic Micha Markovic jazz band. And this was during the Yugo times. The TV uh, theme music, like 70s. And then finally, Finn, which means the ending. uh, Will Hamilton's piece, like he, he was alluding to last time
1: we spoke, people. He was how many years, 10, 12? Yeah, it's probably about 10 or 12 years I've been trying to write something by myself. Yeah, but
0: will let's, let's talk about the first the first stage when like like you said, you wanted to write something about a midlife crisis that hadn't happened yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it like let's talk about not being ready. I, I talk about probably needing to practice more and I was trying to record everything myself. Uh, So it was a lot of just getting that together, right? So uh, there was a lot of that. And then um, I'm going to tell a secret, but I'm kind of faking it a little bit. So I can barely play guitar. You know, I can play, you know, I can't really play a a keyboard like a real keyboardist can play. You know, I know where middle C is and I count and I know what key I'm in and then, bam, let's find a melody or something. So I... uh, It just took a long time to be able to write something and to have some kind of a theme. And I always wanted to work off of some kind of a theme. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, you know, 30 something and, you know, I'm living in New Jersey and I don't want to live here. I'm going back to Georgia. And okay, well, let me write about life. And then I'm complaining about life. I'm trying to write it and trying to write the music and. I was trying to write lyrics and trying to express that in some way. And then one day I woke up. I'm like, I'm not in crisis. I'm just kind of whining a little bit, you know? <laughs> so a little I belly just, aching. Do I? A little bit of belly aching. Yeah, I was just belly aching. I'm complaining, you know. I, I got a gig. I'm working. I got a, a, a wife, and I didn't have the, the the boy yet, or the boy was young, and I have a son, and he's pretty awesome. I'm like, what am I complaining about? And um, and I just couldn't get that. I couldn't, I couldn't write it, you know, nothing ever came out, you know, so, and I I have a lot of files on my computer of just junk, that just was, it's not, it wasn't the right thing, so it really took, when I took this trip, uh, that's what kind of, it it was inspiring, so I got to see a great band, I got to see a Hefe Club, and I I, I got to meet, uh, meet the guys, and and I spent a day with uh, the guitar player and, and got to see City, got to travel, and I'd never been to Europe before. And it's good to you know meet other people and talk to different people, and especially you know with the language barrier. And I find that uh, when I, I love speaking to people who who have English as their second language because you got to pay attention to them. You know, you got to kind of look at in the eye and pay attention to make sure you understand where I can talk to somebody here and. You know, it's going in one ear and out of the other. You know? <laughs> so I, I I really enjoyed that. And I got home. I said, I think I can write about that trip. Let's talk about the beginning, middle, and end, that was probably that that's probably one of the best weekends I had was in Toulon um, that that weekend, and it it was great. It was inspiring, and finally something to write about.
0: Inspiration. You can't, you know, you can't buy it in a bottle, right? Life has to show it to you. It's so, got to. I, I want to play some of that that first band the frog dog. Mm
4: is uh, I get this from the same guy but it's kind of a universal theme so I kind of changed it around a little bit the servo
0: blues
2: What
4: you doing on the stairs Come on in, honey, what you're doing out on the stairs Come on in, you don't have to knock there Ain't no window and there, ain't no lock on the door Oh, come on in I'd like to know more Come on in You're looking just like a ghost Come on in Now you're looking just like a ghost Well you crept into my dreams So unannounced But Let me tell you, honey, you won't get thrown out if you just come on in. Oh, come on in. What you doing?
2: To
4: do, come on in, honey. There's nothing else to do. You know, honey, I've got a lot of plans, I've got a lot of future, but you make me feel like I don't understand. But I know there's nothing else to do. Come on in What you doing out on the stair Come on in What you doing out on the stair Come on in You don't have to even knock Ain't no window And there ain't no lock on the door Honey don't worry that you've never been here Before Come on in, what you doing on the stand? Ah, oh, come on in, what you doing on the stand? Come on in, now. Uh, what you doing on
6: Shampoo, shampoo, in a cavity search Raccoon eyes smeared with crocodile tears Afternoon vows of inexplicable fears Perpetual stares from provincialized Strangers worn at the heel exponentially Older, some sloppy goodbyes and truck-style hangovers The emotional range of a tortured teenager Oh, how i cry, Be my breast when I die Should to my bed that day that you slithered it away But my lips are lipled, lip, but survived anyway, okay, okay. I'm working blue Oh, yes. oh my little broken heart soon Oh look at Disposable razors, a crack rib or two, a future. future, a drink on the house with a twist of resentment, Just a twist. begrudgingly served by some barmaid who hates you. A pocket full of numbers on crumbled of paper, scrawled in the blood. Of people not quite okay. remember okay. A brush with the law, A sock in the jaw A mouthful of dirt And baby, that don't taste good it. Oh, how I cried Beat my breath, thought I'd die Took to my bed that day That just slid away Made my lips a little bled But survived anyway okay. little heart so uh-huh. oh look at me can't you see my little heart so Good
0: for Pedro show, when Will Hamilton was a younger man, and alongside another bass man in the band. D- 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 how'd you work out the parts? Did one guy like play rhythm and the other guy lead, or, or, or they were two rhythmic parts?
1: Um We kind of played almost the same thing, two different octaves type of style, ah. and, and sometimes we would play something different. I was usually playing at that time. What the guitar player was playing, you know. Okay. Um, and then uh, Jeff was the other guy. Uh, and that re- I don't know which recording you have, but that one is probably just the one bass player, probably just me, because Jeff didn't make it back for reunion time when we recorded. Ah, oh, yeah. This um, is this is the redone album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah. redone. But yeah, we used to play. You know, one high, one low. Maybe somebody play on the fifth or something like that. You mm. know, it was just different songs, different different things. Harmonies.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, we had Pete Lochner from the old uh, Cleveland scene after that with Come, come On In. Uh, Little Annie and Paul Walfish, along with uh, Kid Congo Powers, Price of the Blues. Uh, so, so, so. Swenson Klein out of Canada with Simplex. After that, Wire Lines, Traffic. Thum, brand new, Roadkill. The Born Shitsters, they were on a few uh, episodes ago, ago. Some expats in uh, Fukuoka. Ramen poison. <laughs> Flying Vipers, new uh John's new uh record twin donuts uh, got the Family Man thing going with the base. I, I you know I got to see Family Man with Bob Marley. And what a bass.
1: With Bob Marley? Wow. Oh, yeah. I saw them in the, the Wailers later, you know, probably in the 2000s and and they were they were great still.
0: Yeah, this was at UCLA at 78 or 79 at Poly at a basketball arena, but it still was bitchy. Wow. and then finally william from frog dog now now why would they have a song called wait is this your
1: song i know so actually the funny thing is i told you uh my drummer was actually a great bass player bought that bass from him and he uh was in a band before that named mother earth and they were on the brink of quote unquote making it right so a manager wanted to sign him he promised them a bunch of things and at the end he stole all their shit, stole oh, all their instruments, stole whatever money, broke up the band. Those guys had hard feelings for a long time because they were four friends, you know, they'd known each other forever and broke up that band because you know, one guy didn't want to sign with the manager, blah, blah, blah. You know, he saw through was bullshit, but yeah. So, and, and for, and his name was William. So for Mr. William, we wrote a song and the original song, was called William sucking my dick. <laughs> and I think we cleaned it up a little bit cuz you know we are you know almost 40 by the time we recorded the rework, right? But uh the original was was called William sucking my dick. So, <laughs> so you yes. you, William Bam. Right. But he was kind of the hero. Uh William?
0: No, it was the other guy that wouldn't suck. Oh, the- Oh yeah. Who who wouldn't sign, right? That that guy
1: was the hero, right? Yeah, that guy was the hero. He's probably still the smartest guy out of all of them. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so so William got suckered. Okay, okay. Yeah. So william got William did the sucker ring and he stole everything from everybody. Oh, he was yeah. the manager.
0: Oh, okay. William was the manager. Okay, understand now. Yeah. So yeah. May, maybe like a dick leech. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he. <laughs> so he, that was for William.
1: That's you know.
0: Yeah, you know, John Fogarty did something like that with that center field record. He says, Zance can't dance, but it'll steal your money. And then he got sued and he had to change the words.
1: Oh, really?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then he won on the Old Man Down because he got sued for that. It, you know, uh, Saul so Zance said, you know what? You did uh, Run Through the Jungle with different words. And well, John Fogarty brought well, his guitar to court and the judge sided with him. But he lost it on the words. He said, yeah, you can't use his name. So they had to, but there was already a whole bunch of press. So sometimes the only kind of way you can
1: get back is through your songs, maybe. Hey, it made us feel better, you know, because that that band was great. And, you know, like I said, kids and small town and, and William, the manager, came in and really screwed him over, you know.
0: So maybe there's a lesson to be learned there that a uh, few fu- younger future people we gotta tell them to watch out. Yeah, don't believe everything you believe. If you right. can do it yourself, do it yourself. What did Chuck D say? Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. You don't believe the hype. Because that's probably what it is.
1: Yeah, and, and it was all hype.
0: Like like some people they fish, they use lures, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> We're at the end of the second hour. Well uh August 17, 2020 edition, what Pedro Show, special guest, Will Hamilton. Hold tight, fire free. August 17, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
2: I was born in 53, a post-war infancy. Do you want Ellis and Amy with a Korean man?
3: The future looked bright, like shiny clothes. run through my thoughts of violence I did...
0: Peaveo, shall we start off the third hour with Frog Dog? f in the head. Now, people, Frog Dog's got a silent P, just like psychiatry. (laughs) (laughs) Whose idea was that, Will?
1: So that was the same night we decided we were going to start a band. I had, uh, um, we named it Frog Dog because I had this country guy that I worked with. I was going to see Fishbone that night. Ah. And he said, who are you going to see, Fishbone. Frog dog? Fish or what? And I said, I'm going to see Fishbone. He goes, Frog dog? I'm like, no. So I told that story to the guys, and they said, yes, yeah, send the band. You know, Frog dog, that's going to be the name of the band. And then the other bass player, my buddy Jeff, goes, yeah. let's put a P in front of it. And we're like, yeah. Like that was some great idea or something. I don't know. But that's how the silent P got there. Well, you. Know, okay, okay. Because. Drunk talk. But there is a German way with a P and an F. Oh, is there?
0: Yeah, like uh, there's a spice company named Pfeiffer. And the way way you're supposed to pronounce it, I got hip to,
1: was you say an F, but
0: you make your mouth like
1: a P. I wish there was something that educational or that great (laughs) about that silent P, other than four four drunk 20-year-olds trying to name a band. (laughs) But
0: it's parallel universe there, Will. Right. Now, now, you know what? Uh, no, then I got to tell you. Uh, after that was Crane and Skip with Simple Times, Mold Omen. Mold Omen's back up, uh, out of Balmore. I found some new. They got new music during this Quentin uh, Quarantino mode. And uh, uh, yeah, Stoop. And then finally, Push from Frog Dog. I'm interested in though in the too long adventure. I mean, you came back from this righteous journey, and really inspired. Now you know what to write about. But how did you sit out and organize?
1: Well, when I thought of the idea of, of writing this piece, I knew I wanted to um, write it in the stages of the day, like the highlights of the day. So, uh, debut is, you know, we're on a train, we're entering the city. I'm excited to, to see what happens. You know, I'm excited about being there because I, I knew that we had a great weekend plan. I was meeting good people. Uh, oh, I had plans to meet good people, and I knew that it was going to be, you know, a great trip so that's uh debut um rising to the morning and, and then also my field recorder with me also so i just tried to record as many things as i could with my little you know handheld yeah uh so rising to the morning market was you know the next the next morning we wake up and there's a market underneath our apartment that we had rented and i could hear him and i could hear the guy that you hear in the beginning of that song yeah and he's just you know he, he's kind of saying the same thing over and over again i don't know what he's saying and I can hear hustle and bustle, but I just need to record it, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm waking up. The sun's coming up, and I try to create like uh, this: the sun is rising, the beginning of the day. Uh, the third song um, is the son of the fisherman. So we got I got to spend a day uh, with with a guy that I've really only uh, spoken to online, and has been very inspirational in in, in my creation, um, Buddy Nico. And he said, he's, he's the guy that told me, you know, you can't write bullshit. you got to write what you feel. Don't fake it, you know. So I, I've been, you know, speaking to him probably about six, seven years or so now. Uh, and then I got to meet uh, him and his family. So he's like, oh, let me take you out to where, uh, to, to to the sea. So he takes us out to the sea, and we walk to where he used to walk as, as a kid, and he's telling stories. So these are all stories he's telling us that. Octopus stories. that used to jump off the back of the of the of the boat, and they really like try to wrestle octopus. And then <laughs> the tell you, is these little um, crustaceans that are on the rocks, and the the sound of the waves, and just all those things. So I wrote about that. Um, that night we ended up having dinner, and we went to a Creole restaurant. And I was really interested in the Creoles because being from New Orleans, it's like okay, Creole here, Creole there. And I'm, I was trying to you know through my you know, non-existent French, and, and then their um, you know lack of English. I was trying to understand where they where they came from, you know, because the Creoles, like in New Orleans, are just a mixture of folks. Yeah, yeah, From you know, from from the islands and and from all over, but he's French and all over. So I was trying to see if there was a kinship, even though that that Creole. I was trying to see if there was a kinship, you know. Um, and it's funny, I met one one person, and I showed him I had a Florida Lee on my uh, tattoo on my arm. And I said, hey, I'm from you know New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm trying to explain something. I'm excited that I see this quail verse. I'm trying to understand. And he was like, uh, okay. And then I spoke to another friend and, they're like, oh, yeah, that's King Louis' flower. And then just me being, uh, you know, closed-minded is just not understanding that this is only a few years of history for them, where it's like all our history of New Orleans, you know, just when the French uh, ruled, ruled that area. Yeah. So. Anyways, back so that is uh, 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 dinner. Dinner, dinner with the Crails, and then Finn is leaving. A lot of people said that that was kind of dark, um, and I don't think I really meant it to, but it was just the end of that part of the trip, you know. So yeah, there that's always some that, that sounds like that. Yeah, some kind of sadness. You made some great friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to see you know old friends. I got to meet a new friend, yeah. a couple new friends. You know, I met the guys from the band and. They were all really nice to me and we got to spend time with uh, Nico and his family. Um, so it was it was it was great. Happening. I wanna play Heaven, Frog Dog.
0: for Pedro's show, last music for this edition. Frog Dog doing Heaven. We call with Mean It. Like Nico says, right? You got to mean it. You got to mean it. Yep. And Honda, Barardi, and Hay. Joe Barardi with Motoko Honda. I want hey. Something from about 12 years ago, live. God, where was that? Culver City or somewhere? Mm-hmm. Uh Piece number two. They, You know, in that improv scene, they don't title songs. They just... <laughs> I right, think' right? right right right. yeah, there's one before after one before <laughs> And then finally <laughs> the last tune for this uh, edition I thought had the funniest title of the Frog Dog record. the Tori Amos song.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's the crowd pleaser right there. Now where'd get this title? So my singer was in love with Tori Amos in okay. 1994. <laughs> okay, okay. And and uh, she had that God video, and then just she was all over the place, and I started playing uh, um, piano, and and she was just really into it, and she's great, you know. I I haven't listened to Tori Amos record in a while, but you know she's definitely to me in top ten of of uh, if you want to classify female, you know. Uh, uh, Alternative singers from the nineties, at least. Um, PJ Harvey being number one, just throw that in. But um, yeah, he he loved Tori Amos, and um, like I said, the songs were I don't want to say juvenile, but the songs were what comes out of a twenty-year-old kid at the time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, people love that song, and 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 I'm happy here. We've been closing closing shows with that song for for almost thirty years now. Wow. Well, I wonder if she knows. I doubt it. Either you know that, she probably put a cease and desist letter on us or something. <laughs> you will be getting sued like John Fogerty, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man. So what, you, what music's taught you was it's a great way to express yourself, but that's not where it stops. You still got to be inspired. Yes, sir. It's almost like you could spend your life sharpening
1: the pencils and never
0: get to writing the story.
1: That is true. I'm finding now that that is complete, so it might have been just a block with myself, like maybe I just didn't feel like I could share or something, but um, I mean, the last few months I haven't been very productive, just, you know, with everything's going on, COVID and all that, and blah, 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 work sucks. But um, I, I have a few things uh, planned and, and I have a few things in the pipes. So I have three songs that that I have in, um, that I'm gonna use on a split with, uh, with some friends in Germany, um, we're hoping to have that out in spring, and then I have this mindset now that I just want to put stuff out, I just want to document, um, I want to I want to get it out, I, and I have, you know, a little self-label, it hasn't made any money, but I've kept it open to where I'll, I'll, I'll do publishing, I'll do whatever, I want to do a cookbook with, with, my, with my mom, yeah. that's going to be a big one, I want to put out my mom's cookbook. And, you know, let her write some things and do a cookbook and just, you know, have, have a physical thing for her, you know? Sure, sure. Um, I want to put out uh, another project. I think it's – I've, I've started on it, but I want that to be big. I want to do video and I want to take pictures and I want to, um, uh, you know, create music uh, around all of it. And, and that's going to be uh, working – Title right now is uh, the beauty in ordinary things because people you know make shit superficial when they're just beauty in a lot of things. It could be a Wilson flower is still beautiful. Well, um, oh, so yeah, I absolutely. That's be, I, want, I that's I, gonna be the big one. I want to tell people that me and you share
0: something with our pops. They're both machinist mates in the Navy. That's true. <laughs> it's such a bitching thing getting to meet your pop, and then he gives me a keychain of a screw. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have it and I cherish it. Yeah, my dad's always like, "Tell Mike I said hi." <laughs> you, know, you tell Mike. You tell
0: Mike you said hi. Tell, well,
1: I say hi. you little man. I say hi right back. Yeah, you don't want to be the
0: baloney in the sandwich, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see him again. But me and you will always share that link. Besides being bass man and music man and stuff, and I can't wait to see you again. It's been a big honor to finally have you on the show, Will. Thanks so much.
1: And thank you so much. Honor to be here.
0: Okay. People, it's been the August 17, 2020 edition of the Wap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.